to know you Come with me, I'll show you You can find me backstage, I'm a party with a Nicolas Cage Girl, I want the party, you know you got a body like Nicolas Cage You ain't gotta be scared, you ain't gotta be afraid, baby It's just you and me alone tonight with Nicolas Cage and we're back with another Christmas in Cage special. This time we watched The Family Man, a 2000 American romantic fantasy comedy drama film. How can you fit so many genres in one movie? I have no idea. It's amazing. But we all just watched it together. I'm Cage Fighter Reese. I'm here with Cage Fighter Steve and Cage Fighter Sean. Once again, we did it, guys. We finished The Family Man together. I feel like it brought us all closer in this family of Cage. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well. Uh, Reese, there was one genre that you forgot to mention, was though. It, was it? This. What did I miss? This is a multiverse film. <laughs> That's true. It somewhat reminded me of everything, everywhere, all at once. Some parts of it. Did you guys see that one? I did. Yeah that that, that was a that was a good Oscar uh, winning movie. Yeah, it's also a movie. I th- I feel like Cage Fighter Steve would never watch. You know, I'd, honestly, I watched it, but I don't think I watched the last few minutes because I'm pretty sure I watched it on a flight. Yeah, and so like I I lost the last like. 10 to 20 minutes. Did you watch it on someone else's screen on the flight? No, this one, okay. this was a different flight. So yeah. I watched it on my own screen. So Steve is a bit jet lagged tonight. He, he literally just returned from an extended trip to Japan. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. This I had to watch movies on other people's screens in silence because we shared a seat or we shared a row with baby. And, uh, uh-huh. He unplugged all the headphones and would turn off all of the the screens. Yeah. So you had a, watching movies was not an option. You had unless your own, he was asleep. You had your own in-flight gremlin. Yeah. So I just I just kind of started watching other people's movies, right. which is great. I so just, I saw one of the Spider-Man movies, silent. Yeah, live action and or animated. The the uh, multiverse yeah. one. I like those. Yeah, you, you know that that that's also a Nicolas Cage movie. So, it is. Uh, that's so. true. <laughs> I'm just it's true. So I was still I was still getting it in when I could. I just I wouldn't put it past you, Steve. If if like in your world that counts as having watched the movie. <laughs> I think technically it does. I, I have watched the movie with no audio. With no did it, audio, did it at least and... have subtitles. No, no <laughs> subtitles. They also randomly paused it for bathroom breaks, and of course, I couldn't watch the entire thing in, yeah. in succession. Right. So that's great. Visually, I know what goes on in that movie. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe someday you can put it all together. Uh, like, odd, like the audio part too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could just listen or, to an audiobook of the movie, or just like an audio recording, or you like, at a different time. Just read the screenplay. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Even better. Oh, man. I'll just do pieces of the movie mm-hmm. watching experience. But you had a good trip to Japan, right? It was a good time. I know you're yeah, jet lagged, yeah. but all things considered. 
It was fun. Yeah. I would be over it if it wasn't for being sick and having children because they're the ones that have killed me the most. Yeah. Hey, that's actually that's like one you. of the themes of our movie tonight, The Family Man. That is. How children is. can completely... I, I definitely... Yeah. Like you have plans, right? You have plans when you're in college and you definitely want to hook up yeah. and maybe get married. But everything after that, you just, you're not ready for. Right. It's just waiting in the wings to tear you to shreds and turn you into a, a recovering um, alcoholic. So it was directed by Brett Ratner, adapted from a screenplay by David Diamond and David Weissman, the two Davids of the apocalypse. The film stars Nicolas Cage and Taya Leone, also known as uh, Knockoff Meg Ryan. And we also got Don Cheadle and a couple other actors that um, are probably pretty good, but they're not Nicolas Cage, so it's just kind of like, cool, man. Um, like I said, came out in 2000. It's a Universal Pictures film. Looks like it received some mixed reviews, but I, I don't want to get too far into it. Let me just hear your guys' uh, well... I was going to give you the quick five-minute plot. I want to hear that. I want to hear the quick five-minute plot. But first, do we have any Nicolas Cage okay. news that you want to talk about, Steve? Um, if not, I have some. No, because news is news. Is, yeah, news is depressing. So yeah, I, most of the I Nick Cage news we're getting is rather depressing. I do admit, Nick Cage yeah. did announce he is planning to step back from making so many movies due to his desire to become a true in the flesh family man. I mean, he's coming up on his 60th birthday next year, and uh, it's a big number. And he mentioned in an interview with, I think, Entertainment Weekly, no, I'm sorry, Entertainment Tonight, that he does plan to kind of step back and spend more time with... Uh, his daughter. So, so perfect time to sell short all your AMC stuff. Perfect. Yeah. There was something about dream scenario, but then uh, social social media. Yeah. Nick Cage kind of just, he answered the question as to why he's not active on social media in an interview recently, and I think that might have been part of Dream Scenario. It was kind of this tie-in with the whole idea that, uh, you know, he's been memeified, and he doesn't really like that. He doesn't care for the, I guess, the, the Cage-verse stuff that uh, we've contributed to, so super apologize. Also, you're welcome. Um <laughs> he he's not cool with that and he likes to keep up the facade I shouldn't say facade the mystique of uh, the big name actors that were um, popular in his day that you know the, the average Joe could not access as readily and that, that was yeah. kind of his reasoning for that but yeah it was in an interview about I Dream do. Scenario which which is getting excellent reviews and I'm super pumped to see Sorry, Sean. I do, th I, I do think that you know there is something to be said uh, about his comments about social media. There, okay. I, I do feel like in the modern day, especially with like the rise of things like, you know, like the Marvel movies and other like big franchise films, mm -hmm. it's really the movie industry has really kind of moved more towards, uh, you know 
franchises rather than big name stars. And I mean, I'd argue that, um, you know, it kind of almost limits uh, the amount of different types of movies that can get made. Mm hmm. Because in, in a lot of cases, studios back then would sign on to a movie just because, you know, they'd have a big name actor uh, attached to them. But nowadays, I mean, some of these movies won't even get made because, yeah. you know, the big name actors themselves might not even, you know, be as important as the franchises right. themselves. Yeah. And the truth is, honestly, there's a lot of risk being active on social media for these actors today. Just look at the lead from the new Scream movie that's in production, right? She was fired for sharing something that was pro-Palestine. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, It's just like there's so many factors and risks. The whole Snow White fiasco with that actress and her tweets and interviews and... So, you know, I mean, I totally respect it. I, I, I feel like if Logan Paul. <laughs> Logan Paul, but I mean, come on, is that guy really an actor? He's like a freaking. I'm not even. Don't make me say his He's name, a Steve. Now. <laughs> He's a wrestler, rapper, revolutionary. He grew up in the city next to the city I grew up in, which makes me really <laughs> depressed. But if, if I'm yeah, being yeah. honest. But getting back to Nick Cage. I think it supports this notion that we've talked about before on the podcast that I, and I think we're all kind of in agreement with is that Nick Cage actually cares about art though, as something bigger than himself and his career, which is why we are able to see him in some of these kind of more bizarre roles, even today, you know, and, and even when they're not that great, like prisoners of the ghost land, it's like, well, at least he wanted to do this kind of project in the first place. You know, yeah. Even like you know, Willie's Wonderland. Right. I mean, that for him, like he took that on as almost like an acting challenge, sure. which is, I mean, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and you know, it's always been I mean, the not- running joke that Nick Cage will take any role, but I genuinely believe that now he is cherry picking things that interest him personally. And mm-hmm. if not, you know, we wouldn't have Pig, we wouldn't have Willie's Wonderland, we wouldn't have Mandy. Could you imagine? But we're not talking about the crazier films tonight, fellas. This is the Christmas season. It's time to spread joy and hope and peacefulness. And it's time to talk about the family man. Merry Christmas. I'm giving everything I've got to this deal. You're a credit to capitalism, Jack. Come on, Dad, get up. Christmas, it's Christmas. Yeah. Strong coffee. Where's my Ferrari? You got a Ferrari? Just tell me what's happening to me. This is a glimpse. A glimpse of what? This is not my beautiful house. This is very strange because this isn't my house. Ah. This is not my beautiful wife. Those, those aren't my kids. Oh. You're not really my dad, are you? I don't have time for this. I'm in the middle of a deal. Well, you're working on a new deal now, baby. Good Lord. You must have needed this every day. Yeah, you needed it in Mad Wheels. You want me. That is the general idea. Oh, God, you're beautiful. 
How can you look at me like you haven't seen me every day for the last 13 years? <laughs> Jack! What's up? How you feel, baby? Can't keep coming in and out of people's lives, messing things up. It's not right. I need you to remember me, Kane. Keep it with you no matter what happens. The Family Man. So what was your impression overall of The Family Man, fellas? It just reminded me that every Christmas movie is just about how capitalism is not good. <laughs> but it's never That's defeated in these movies, right? It's never fully taken on. No. Because capitalism is, consumerism no. is such a huge part of the holiday. Such, right? It's always well. like, shop. Get gifts to give to people. Spend money on other people, but don't be selfish. Don't be greedy. Well, Steve, do you want to give? Do you want to give your uh, plot synopsis, and then we can dive into the nuances of the story? Yeah. So the movie is it's it is very straightforward Christmas movie. Uh, it starts out with a romantic gesture of 13 years ago with uh, Cage and uh, Meg Ryan's stunt double, um, mm-hmm. saying their goodbyes at an airport. Yeah, Jack and Kate. Um, flash forward 13 years. He Jack is now a president of an investment company. Something. Um, big Wall yeah. Street guy. Fancy. Wall Street exec. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Ferrari. And then he has a come to Jesus moment in a convini, sorry, uh, convenience store. <laughs> um, where the only black character in the movie mm-hmm. True. Uh, pulls a gun on him. Yeah, okay. It's uh, um, undeniably true. <laughs> super <laughs> progressive. Yeah, super progressive. Which cues the entire sequence of alternate reality. Cage has the mistake of saying, I have everything in my life. Mm-hmm. So Don Cheagle decides to prove him wrong by starting the multiverse and sending him into a life that he could have had if he hadn't have gotten on his flight 13 years ago. Yeah. Um, Cage just kind of realizes how fucked he is living in suburbia uh, <laughs> with two kids all of a sudden. Which, let's face it, Reese, you've, you've got kids that are roughly the same age as the ones in the movie as well. Uh-huh. If you just woke up today yeah. and you just suddenly had your kids, would it not be the worst thing that you could imagine. It would be a huge shock. I would have no clue what to yeah. do. I, this is what I mean. There were there yeah. were definitely some elements in this movie I could relate to. Like the part where yeah. uh, he is charged with changing the son's diaper and he's never changed the kid's diaper yes. before. Um, and he's yes. struggling with it. And I that hit home with me. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. It's like, how do I make chocolate milk? I normally have my <laughs> servants do it. <laughs> yeah. So you go through him, uh, you know, going through the entire phase of learning how the other 99% live. Yeah. Um, the until he 
finally comes to really enjoy and respect it, and then Don Cheadle comes in to take it all away from him. Boom. Movie. Wow. You ended that a lot quicker than I expected. Well, there's a lot of, you know, the the more interpersonal moments, but I, I assume that's what we're going to talk about next. Yeah. Is the specific scenes that really sure. spoke to us. But... I mean, the movie itself. I mean, I it's, just, your average Christmas, it's your average Christmas carol. I mean, it's yeah, for sure. The of an alternative life and then right. coming back to reality and yes. as a changed person. So It's about seeing your life from another perspective and also... Yeah. Um, another life. But it's also about how love conquers all if you just trust in it, I guess. Yeah. And it really helps yeah. if you... Um, are married to Meg Ryan um, stunt double lady. Yeah. That definitely helps. Uh, I, I was, you know, I was a little confused though, but I might just be thinking too hard about this because there did, I did reach a point where I was like, I think I'm overanalyzing this film and I need to just see it as like a Hallmark level kind of Christmas flick. Yeah, that's, that's usually how I see this movie. It's very... I've watched it a number of times. It's one that goes on my my Christmas rotation every year, so well, it has to doesn't always come up. Yeah. But it is. That's why I was actually kind of glad that we did this now because this is going to start my Christmas season. That's that's great. That I, warms I, my heart to hear that. I would argue that Meg Ryan's character is actually not good at providing for their children Mm -hmm. because she's a lawyer and I feel like it's cool that she wants to be a non-profit lawyer Mm -hmm. but like you you could always have like an independent practice too and like this was before me too though so women were still expected to be at home (laughs) I see what you're saying Sean it's just not really feasible she wasn't expected to be the Mm. the breadwinner of the family that's actually no like in all honesty that that's kind of a good point like when like did they have when when this movie came out the the common common movie theme of of the it was still very traditionalist family style it was you didn't have a lot of it was one year before 9-11 or whatever it was one year before 9-11 so this actually could be 9-11 is what changed it all this could be the prequel to the world trade center film um (laughs) well i commented at one point because the we uh we got a shot of uh, nick driving into new york city and they're prominent right there twin towers there they are wow what foreshadowing god hey I, I just what the hell is cash what is he is he an angel is he a demon don Cheadle's so character like what is about he? the the organization so my thought was that he was part of the uh the original organization from loki Oh, so this is another Marvel movie. Why am I not surprised? Yeah. It's well, I mean, you got multiverse going on. So, what was the name of the organization, Sean? You're, you're better at this than I am. The TVA. TVA. Yeah, TVA. That's right. 
Okay. I wanted to say TSA, and I was like, yeah. I know that's wrong. <laughs> I, okay, a couple, a couple other problems I have. Actually, I like to think that the daughter, the young daughter, when she asks Nick Cage about him not being her real dad because the children, they can pick up on these things, right? They have a sixth sense or something. And then she goes on about how she believes he's an alien and the mothership sent him down and asks that they not abduct her and her brother. And I'm like, man, what if she's right? Don Cheadle could have been an alien. What if there's... And the other thing, too, is this movie at the, the 27th Saturn Awards, it was nominated for Best Fantasy Film. Fantasy Film. Uh-huh. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess the whole thing was kind of a fantasy, but... Not exactly what I think of when I think but could of it be aliens. Films. You think it could be aliens just messing with certain people? Like know. that made this movie or like that the movie's about? <laughs> the, the movie's like. about. The other thing is, oh, okay. so, but if she's in the know, I wonder if she knows the impact of what's to come. Because what got me is at the end when Jack is forced to go back to his old life, the children are essentially wiped from existence. <laughs> you know, they never existed. I do. Did, yeah, I do like that. Did they ever exist, or and I mean, it's they probably can never. So it's like all that time he spent with his kids, learning about them and and understanding his role as their father. That's just all gone. It just doesn't matter anymore. It never really existed. It's it's kind of disturbing for me to think about. That's that's actually what bothered me towards the end of the movie, where they were focusing on the romance and him uh, about to build this new life with um, <clears throat> dollar store Matt Ryan, <laughs> and, <laughs> and the kids have basically been exterminated <laughs> from the picture. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's neither so, here nor there. So, well, that was interesting because when he was yelling at, at Meg Cruz uh, about like their life or whatever, I didn't understand why that worked for her. I love that you called her Meg Cruz because I said her face <laughs> looks like Tom Cruise. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. I don't know how many times we've cut you off talking about your favorite movie. Go ahead. So, so do you think that this is going to lead to? Like a like a Scarlet Witch in in Doctor Strange situation where like she's trying to scour the multiverse to bring back her children that don't exist. Yeah, because he's gonna. That's what I assume they're talking about. Yeah. I mean, at the end, at the he's, end he spills this whole story about what's happened to him, which in a in a sensible world is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But she's like, yeah, well, we'll just let's just try this thing out. I mean, I'm. I'll, let's have coffee. They do live in New Jersey, though, so it's mm. very likely that she's one of those girls that likes crystals and. Oh. Uh, <laughs> she's into that, like, past life. Yeah, clearly she has daddy issues. Um, oh, my God. Was this whole movie just to say that New Jersey is shit? <laughs> now. I feel like that's a lot of movies, though. Like, I did. based in New York. I did, just buy, I did just buy the Toxic Avenger collection on Blu ray. So if there's ever a, a series I'm, to um, shit on New Jersey, there you go. <laughs> <sighs> That'll be a, a future 
cageless. Yeah, so even in even in the series. Wikipedia summary here, it says, although Cash offers to explain what is happening, Cash, again, is Don Cheadle's magical character who changes the timeline. All he says is a vague reference to the organization and that Jack is only getting a glimpse that will help him to figure out for himself what it's about. But what confuses me... Is this only because Nick Cage's character said that he was content with his life? You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Well, yeah, because he basically said that there's nothing wrong with his life. But, but there so wasn't. what gets me is there there are two other characters that were also involved with Cash that that make me question what was going on with it, right? Yeah, so the that, first was okay. like when he was robbing the place and he was like you messed up, man. The ticket was real. You know, you could have had it. Yeah. Um, which makes me question if, like, if it's kind of a chance encounter that because Nick got involved, he mm-hmm. ended up, you know, that Chico was actually there for for the, the other guy. guy. For the other right? guy. Yeah. 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 And he to, got like, involved. And so what would happen if he had never, never left North Korea or something? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then the other one was at the end of the movie with the little girl. And then right. being like, look at that. You know, just the way her yeah. presence there, the way she's looking at him. And yeah. like, he's like, look at that. Some damn respect for $9 and a penny. Yeah. And, there was something and there. And like both of those times. Yeah. It was like she had like completed her journey and like uh-huh. the, the Korean dude had like missed out on a journey or something. Right. So there, there is some kind of backstory that we don't see, but the movie hints at. I agree. Right. Yeah. But we haven't really, de- we haven't really figured it out. But I think you're, yeah. you're close. You're closer than I came. Okay. So th- this is my conspiracy theory explanation for everything. This is actually a sequel to City of Angels. Okay. What happened was that Cash is actually an an archangel, and after Meg Ryan's character died in the end of City of Angels, sorry, spoilers yeah. for City of Angels, um, Cash's character decided that since uh, Nick's character and Meg Ryan they couldn't be together anymore and that was the reason he descended from the angelhood that they were both reincarnated into this life so they could be together wow but then they went the wrong path and cash decided to write the course of history so cash is like a rogue agent kind of thing exactly i I like it. it yeah i really like that we need to get in touch with uh David Weissman or David Diamond, the David uh, brothers, the David team. We got to get to the bottom. <laughs> well, have of this, you seen? So. Uh, have you seen Spirited? Spirited. Spirited. I have not. It's uh, it's a Christmas. I think I've heard of that. It's like a Christmas Carol sequel. Is it horror? Uh, Is it a horror movie? No. Okay. No, it's a it's a legit Christmas movie. It came out last year. I think it dropped on like an Apple platform or something. Which is probably why you've never seen it. Did you like it? Um, yeah, yeah, I actually really liked oh, it. Okay. But the, the point was, it is, it's legitimately a sequel to Christmas Carol. Um, and yeah. so they actually have an entire organization now 
that uh-huh. does the Christmas okay. Carol stuff. Organization so, thirteen. Oh my yeah. god. I don't know about that, but I'm open to it. I might check it out. Yeah. Is what is this movie rated? Is it kid appropriate? Oh yeah, it's okay. it's totally a kids movie. All right. Um, All right. They even like make a joke about it in the middle of the uh, movie where it says something like, "What did I watch?" Fudge knuckers, and they're like, "That's the worst thing that you could possibly say." Yeah, I see. There was this movie we yeah. watched on Netflix at a Christmas party. My kids have seen it before, but I never watched it. Called Klaus, and it's like the story of how Santa yeah. Claus. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Like okay, they they made it work. Kudos to you, huh? I'll check that out. Spirited. I only asked if it was horror because I know in in your other group of friends you you like to watch horror movies. Well, we watched a few other things. I'm yeah. actually trying to get them uh, involved to uh, watch uh, Dream Scenario with me. Nice. Yeah, so Sean yeah. and I, I think Sean and I definitely agreed that we want to see that in theaters. Um, yeah. And the earliest that would be, I think, is the 30th, at least for me. I may still try to reach out to A24, whoever the distributor is now, and see if we could get a screener. But I think it's probably too late now in the game anyway. But I might try. Yeah, It's possible. I mean, in a lot of cases, you know, they already have the screener good to go and they just need to let people That's in on true. it. So maybe I'll send out a release today or tomorrow. Uh, what else stuck out to yeah. us in this very, very emotional, romantic flick? Um, how about so part- you talked about the kids disappearing, but oh, yeah? his uh, his his best friend, like back in in New Jersey, mm-hmm. also also just disappeared. And I was kind of surprised that when he went and go to check on the house that he didn't say anything to that guy either. Oh, yeah. He'd be like, hey, you want to start a bowling league? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in, in his new reality, he finds out that he he got into bowling. and he, had, he was on this bowling team and had a good friend. Yeah, you're right. That guy just... Well, that's what you do when you live in suburbia. You bowl because what else are you going to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're either they actually, you're either bowling in the suburbs or you're picking right. up hookers in the city. Uh, they also completely dropped the uh, the neighbor affair subplot. Right, as well. that was getting pretty steamy with the neighbor lady. I wonder if they actually intended for that to go a little further, but then chickened out in the editing. Yeah, I'm still expecting like a, a deleted scene where like he shows up there and she's like. Hey, baby. And he's yeah. like, oh, I, I just came to tell you I can't go through with it. We shouldn't do this. What was her name? Like that. Evelyn? Uh, Evelyn. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Neighbor lady really wanted that Nick Cage uncaged. Yeah, she did. And she almost got it. I thought it was hilarious when she came on to him at the bowling alley. And then he just dropped down right in front of his friend and was like, hey, uh, do you have her address? Because, uh... She wants me, but um, his friend was being a good friend and saying, which was also funny because he just went to her house for a Christmas party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was odd because she said, "I'm going to be home this weekend, so come over." Yeah, 
which normally mm, like nothing. you would expect he to just... be something. At least he for him to show up or attempt. And there were like all the scenes of her in the background too, so many times. Like the 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 wedding scene or not the wedding scene, the birthday party where he was singing to her the whole time. She's just yeah. like standing there like so <laughs> fawning so hard. So uh, hard. That's right. I mean, kudos to the actress there to like, she put on like the thirst magnet times one thousand. Oh yeah, was she was she from Cougar Town? <laughs> she should have been. Uh, yeah, they did. They dressed her up so well as like perfect cougar. <laughs> All right, I have I have a few notes about the development of this movie. Uh, it says producer Mark Abraham first became aware of this project when producers Alan Rich, Alan Rich, Tony Ludwig, and Howard Rosenman brought the idea to him as a pitch. He was charmed by the uplifting and universal appeal of the premise, which was reminiscent of some of his favorite classic films. And then he had the screenplay in hand, and the filmmakers began to look for a director who could properly present this funny, poignant, and somewhat quirky flick. It was essential to everyone involved that the story not pass judgment on either of the two different lifestyles of Jack Campbell presented. And that was the thing that was kind of confusing for me because it was like, well, either lifestyle to me is I don't really judge them negatively. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and he said, quote, the family man is not about good choice versus bad choice, but rather about the nature of choices themselves, which is, I think, pretty deep for a romantic comedy like this. You know what I mean? Like, it's very nuanced. When we're talking about basically a retelling or a, an adaptation of Christmas Carol in a modern setting. Uh, he said, the idea was about the path not taken. And it's just like, I get it, but why, like, throw this guy into this situation that he literally had no concept of otherwise? Other than maybe once in a while thinking about what could have been, as we all do. But he was literally, like, thrown into a black hole. Into an alternate reality. Here you go, bro. <laughs> Brett Ratner was working on another project at the same time. Do you know what that was? A little film called what Rush Hour. Oh, yeah. Well, why wasn't Nicolas Cage in that one? Nicolas Cage originally said he wasn't interested in doing a lighthearted romantic comedy drama because that's just too many genres in one film, he said. No, he didn't actually say that, but that would have been funny. But he had just finished 8mm and Bringing Out the Dead and had just finished filming Gone in 60 Seconds. But after he watched Rush Hour with his father, he accepted the part of Jack Campbell. He said he was inspired to do so after seeing Ratner's enthusiasm for the project. So that's family, man. Overall, Reese, you said this is your first time watching the movie. What What is your Was. thoughts? What's your takeaway? Like, I would put this in, uh, I would put this in the guarding Tess, um, bucket. Like better than it can happen to you. Yes. I think it was better than it can happen to you. Better than time to kill. <laughs> Overall, what would you yeah. rate it? There we go. Give give me your ratings. What would I rate it? I mean, there's a lot of cage. It's a, a long film. It's well shot. It's written well enough. Of uh, cage, he doesn't really get too many 
he doesn't get to be too cagey. I like his sass. I liked the scene when he was in the mall, and he's like, well, why don't we just shop at all the stores? Why, why just shop at one? That was funny. Yeah. I appreciated his frustration in trying to adapt to family life. That being said, this just wasn't my favorite kind of Nick Cage character. I would rate it slightly higher than the last uh, Christmas movie we watched. Well, Trapped in Paradise, you gave a 3.5. I did? Out of 10? Out of 10? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was like a 6. I thought I said 6. Yeah, Sean said 6. Wow. I don't remember rating it that low, but I would give give this one a 6.5 out of 10. Not bad. It didn't even have Santa Claus in it. No. It's true. There was no Santa. Which might actually make it a good holiday movie for, you know, people that don't celebrate Christmas. It's true. (laughs) Let's see. Chris Gore. What an awesome name. Chris Gore from Film Threat. Not related to Al. If you're looking for a heartfelt, feel-good holiday movie, just give in and enjoy. Uh, movieguide.org gave it a 4 out of 4 said the family man is a heart rending movie very well written like Reese Cage Fighter Reese said in his episode of uh, Late Night Cage Fight it makes you laugh and cry better yet it's an intentionally moral movie really it wants to prove that everyone needs love Emma Cochran from Empire wrote this is exactly the kind of adult fantasy you want to see at Christmas Are, are you sure Emma uh, and as such, it's highly enjoyable entertainment. And she gave it three out of four. No, I'm sorry. Three out of five. <laughs> I I just want to look up. I just want to look up on uh, IMDb real quick. If there's any mention of um, the friggin neighbor lady. Well, you do that. Sean, Sean, what were your what were your thoughts? Uh, I think I think uh, I I have kind of a hot take on on this movie. I think that the end it signifies that not only do you need love, but you also should do your best to achieve your full potential. Because mm-hmm. in Nick's first life, he was able to achieve. A great amount of wealth but he was lonely and didn't have didn't have anybody in his life but in the other life with Kate you know they they clearly had kind of sacrificed a lot of uh, you know trying to move their careers forward yeah which I would argue would actually you know, was a move that kind of inhibits their children's ability to succeed in the future. Mm. So, yeah, the way that things developed at the end of the movie, they almost, uh, it's alluded to that maybe they'll get the best of both worlds. Mm. I think you're on the money, Sean. Yeah, that's good. I like yeah. that. And, and I'll just be real with you guys. There, there was a part of this that kind of rang true to me. It resonated with me because, you know, I've had moments where I look at my life and, or I talk with my wife. I'm like, yeah, I mean, maybe I should have done this or I just feel like 
I'm not doing what I I should be doing. And she'll normally tell me like, well, you have to appreciate what you have. You have to see what you have and, and not what you don't. And I think that's yeah. that was one of the themes of this film is looking at what you do have um, from another perspective. One scene that I thought, you know, was kind of interesting was after he gets offered the, you know, basically his... I mean, it's not exactly his old job, but a yeah. job at his old company. And he brings that to Kate and she kind of pushes back against it. And, yeah, you know, in my mind, I was just thinking, well, it's kind of weird to me that like, like, yeah, you're, uh, you know, you don't want to let go of the life that you've built. But also, I mean, I think... Nick had a lot of good points that like, hey, like we can send our kids to like the best schools and give them all these opportunities that they yeah. wouldn't have otherwise. Like why <laughs> hold the family back and continue to struggle when, yeah. you know, they have all these opportunities. Mm-hmm. I have an opinion on that because I've, I've actually thought about that quite a lot, even in my own life. And there's, there's a line there that you, you start having to sacrifice those, that time with your family and your opportunity to be a family. Mm-hmm. Cause like yeah. in order to, to achieve in your career and to continue to advance your career, you have to place your career high in your priority list. Mm-hmm. And so when the choice comes down to like, you know, a last minute business meeting or whatever, or your kid's soccer game, you got to pick the business meeting if you want to be noticed at work, get your promotions, move up in the career chain. Yeah. And it's like, so moving into a job like that would mean making more of those choices. And like, she recognizes that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, that, and that's Truth. a, that's a good point. So what's your uh, what's your rating? I think I'd probably give this a seven. Wow. This this was the second time I had seen this movie, and I think I, you know, liked it better the second time. Right on. Not normally the type of movie that I mm-hmm. that I typically like, and you know, I, I also echo the sentiment that you know maybe it's not the type of role that is my favorite Nicolas Cage role. Although, you mm-hmm. know, this is very similar to a lot of other types of characters that he plays. Yeah, it is. It is. The and I felt he was solid. Playboy. Yeah. yeah. No, I thought he did a good job. Although he his character was really bad at faking that he didn't know what was going on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was a little over the top. <clears throat> Well, how about some more trivia or behind the scenes, I guess. Uh, Did you know that at one time Nick Cage actually owned the Ferrari used in the film? He had sold it about a year before filming began. The scene where Jack's minivan wouldn't start was actually a happy accident. They just left it in the final cut. (laughs) The snow falling scene is an homage to It's a Wonderful Life. Of course, I think this movie has uh, more than one nod to It's a Wonderful Life, but that was an obvious one. Uh, Steve, this answers your question about the timeline. Jack's glimpse lasts about eight weeks, from Christmas to a few days after his Valentine's Day meeting with Lassiter. 
Okay. Yep. Uh, how did you guys feel about Nick Cage singing? The <laughs> singing opera. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love yeah, it. It was awesome. That's probably yeah. one of my favorite uh, Cage scenes out of like any movie that I've seen. And and the song Just... that he sings is actually a, a kind of uh, Easter egg cameo song. He sings the same song in Captain Corelli's Mandolin, which I think we're going to watch this season, Honeymoon in Vegas, and Guarding Tess. Oh, really? That's according to the Internet Movie Database. Did not pick up on that. Uh, the baby peeing on him. Remember that when his son yeah. peed on him, the diaper changing scene that was real, and it says Nick nice. Cage's reaction was genuine. <laughs> so that was that 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 was not a CGI baby dick. <laughs> no, that uh, was real, genuine baby. Actually, dick. it says. Oh no! Actually, they filmed. That was the second scene they shot. The first scene they shot, um, Nick Cage beat the shit out of the baby so bad they had to find a different one. <laughs> Not I funny. It. Not funny. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's that's all I got that I feel is worth discussing. Uh, another interesting fact is that Bowling Alley was actually the same Bowling Alley in Big Lebowski. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And apparently familiar. they had another star. They had another actor who was going to play the lead. Don't know what happened, but you can guess who it was. Take one guess. Take one guess. Nicholas Cage. No, they had another star before Nicholas Cage. There, there's another one? Yeah. John Travolta. It was John Travolta. What? <laughs> uh, again, that's according to the Internet Movie Database. We are not research scientists. We are cageologists. However, our time is is very limited. So, you know, we'll leave the research to you fanatics out there. But yeah, that is the family man. How one cocky ass Wall Street exec can become finally the ultimate beta cuck. That's right. Way to break the time space continuum, Nick. You did it again. He keeps doing it, and I'm sure he's going to keep doing it. <sighs> Can't wait for him to show up in Secret Wars. So what's next, oh, Stevie? I, uh, next on our agenda... I believe our next movie is uh, Christmas Carol. <laughs> of course. Uh. <laughs> like, honestly, Sean, I feel like Sean has earned a, a voucher to sit this one out if, if you want. <laughs> I've never seen it, so I don't mind suffering through it. But I can't miss our, You've our never seen a Christmas Carol? kitty cage. I've not seen the cage one. I've seen other incarnations, which obviously are, are not going to hold a candle to this one. I don't even think he's in it that much from what I remember. Yeah. That's what you said, but I'm trying to convince myself that it's going to be a good time. <laughs> it's going to be great. This would have been one to watch on the plane on someone else's screen, Steve. 
Yeah. No, but this is fine because um, this is going to be our first uh, introduction. Oh, that's right. That's right. This will be the premiere. uh, Yeah, yeah. you guys are definitely going to want to check out The Christmas Carol. I mean, we're talking smack, but the plans we have for this, let's just say you're going to want to tune in. It's going to be rough watching another variation of Christmas Carol movie, but... Mm -hmm. The recording is going to be fantastic. Yeah. But again, we also have Dream Scenario, potentially, to do. And Sean and I have been talking about a Godzilla minus one cageless. So where these are all going to fall within the release schedule, I don't know yet. But I'm pretty excited about it, honestly. Good stuff coming. That's right. Well, in the name of Cage, I just want to uh, bless all of you and your families and thank you for joining me on this epic quest across the Cage verse. Uh, we have been going strong now for a while. Um, we've gone through the golden age of Cage. I don't know what we're in now, like the platinum, the bronze. I don't know what to call it, but at least it's the Christmas season, which is a season of giving. So give all of your Cage love to those you care about. Um, watch fast and the furious why did i say that no watch gone in 60 seconds maybe or something really exciting with your family this christmas or you can watch one of these christmas flicks as well but uh whatever or go back and listen to our jingle all the way yeah go back and listen to our stuff because uh that's important too yeah we've gone through four seasons now wow Thanks for joining us here at Late Night Cage Fight. I had fun. I hope you guys did too. Join us next time for one of those episodes to release. We don't quite know the order yet, but the official for uh, Christmas in Cage will be Christmas Carol, our first animated film with Nick Cage. Thank you guys, and have a good night. Cage out. Cage out. Cage out.